Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanerd, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I've seen it. Let's get into it. Uh, one thing I will say right off the top, it I, I will go criticism and then likes. So <clears throat> one thing that I will say is that I thought the movie was too long, uh, probably by about, I would say, a half hour. I think the movie would have done itself a good, greater service as far and look uh, if you go look at the box office box office you'll be like what are you talking about but i think the movie would have done itself uh, more of a service if it had cut off 20 to 30 minutes and uh, i think it would have you know it, it was literally playing everywhere but if you can do that uh, get people in, get people out faster, you're definitely going to make more money. Um, and, and you know, everybody did want to go see this, but again, I think, uh, for little ones, a lot of people took little kids. I think that two hour plus, uh, runtime was quite a bit for uh, a lot of people. I was never bored. So there wasn't that and it wasn't like there was a lot of repetitive necessarily in, in all the themes. But I could definitely see where, I mean, I would have edited the movie and cut it down and made it a little bit tighter in, in some parts. So, uh, you know, and I'm not an editor. I'm just uh, just my opinion on it. <clears throat> but getting uh, right to the movie, what are the things that I liked about it? I love the artistry. It was incredible, beautiful. Uh, it's really rare to see something different and something new. Uh, the first one, uh, you know, made that uh, happen spectacularly well. It, it was uh, an incredible thing to watch. And then on top of that, to have a, a really great heartfelt story was the cherry on top you know, on top of beautiful artwork. So <clears throat> you're not, you're getting some of the same in terms of uh, stylization of, of art. So you are continuing the thread from the first one, which came out, I think, four, almost five years ago, which is crazy that it's been that long since the original one came out. But um, it, it really didn't even feel that way, especially when you sit down and you start watching this one the bridge between feels flawless to me. Um, <clears throat> they did a little more on this one where there's more technical aspects to the choices that they uh, decided to make. There's a little more technical artistry in this one. Not even on the back end, but I wonder how many people will actually notice because there's one thing about the first one is that the art style is consistent 
all the way through. It, you know, the first one has uh, a gradient, like a, a screen printing gradient through it, which is very much a, a comic book style of of look. And then the words, you know, popping out here and there in the little comic book uh, balloons. Uh, you can hear people's inner monologues. You can hear their thoughts. And then, you know, you, uh, they split the first one. Sometimes when you were looking at a scene, it got broken up into panels like a comic book. So there's still a lot of that in the second one. But the extra thing that they added uh, to the second one is now st- there's more stylization of the individual characters as well as the environment. So the first one, you had the same look, the same art style look flow through the entire thing for the most part with a couple of moments of extra stylization. But like I said, for the most part, I had a very consistent look and part of that consistency was the comic book paneling and the gradients and, you know, the, uh, all that, the balloons, this one actually took you to different environments. So as you fell into a new environment, a new universe, a new dimension, you got a slightly different or sometimes radically different uh, look in the film, <clears throat> which rather than being jarring, I, I thought they did a fantastic job of, of blending those things together and almost training the audience to accept that you're about to go into various um, environments and depending on what character you're following, that character, that that's the style of their universe or their dimension. So <clears throat> I thought it was fantastic. The, the flow of everything uh, as far as the physicality of, of how they animated the characters, the way that they move, that was beautiful. The, there's moments where they pause the action so that you can kind of catch up and get your breath a little bit and then get right back into it. That was really well done. Uh, this movie is definitely more violent and brutal. Like there's more consistent violence and brutality in this one than in the first one. And then this one has a little bit more uh, language and um, you, you know, like, I don't know what you would, it's PG, but, it, but I believe it has PG 13 moments, you know, just a couple seconds of it. Um, there's, you know, if you go online, there's always going to be some weird controversy thing that is, uh, and sometimes it's merited depending on what the thing is. Sometimes you're, you're getting really honest criticism of a thing. And then other times people are taking you know, a, a throwaway thing and they're blowing it up. In this case, there's a little bit of both. I mean, there's a moment in the movie where uh, S- Spider-Gwen is in her room making a decision and you see above her, you see like a, a poster that says trans, I, I think I think it says protect trans kids. And then there's another moment and literally it's a couple seconds in the movie and then she makes whatever decision she's going to make and then she heads out. And there's another moment with Miles where he's late to a meeting w- between his parents and and uh, I think a, a counselor, a t- uh, you know, uh, at, at the school. 
and he's got a little BLM button again last for a few seconds uh, on both but that was definitely a decision that was made by the creators of you know uh, of this uh movie and something i completely disagree and and i don't and, and it's not that i disagree politically as in oh i disagree with those things although i do what i disagree with is it was unnecessary you just don't need them and I'm sure that happens a lot in a lot of different movies where decisions are made that are not necessarily needed. This one, it just went the extra mile to like, hey, we just want to put this out there. We want to make sure that people know where, you know, how we virtue signal and where we stand on whatever. So unnecessary. I mean, it's annoying and, and, um, you know, means nothing to the story. And I think that's the, the ultimate insult to injury is that you decide to put something in that is just completely unnecessary to the movie and what a waste. But that aside, those couple of seconds of that, the rest of the movie is shockingly incredibly good. I don't even know how to compare it to the first one. I I don't know if if it's better or the same, like it's, it's difficult to, I'm still processing all of that. I think one of the things that maybe might take it into second place and, and not being on par with the first one is that there is a lot of threads that have been woven into this movie uh, that are happening at once. You know, you're, you're you care about a, a bunch of different characters and and the things that are going on with them and those things are all interwoven together and i'm sure uh, you know in the third one cuz this is a a part 1 part 2 one thing that i found interesting is a lot of people online were saying that the uh, they were stating that the ending for this movie was jarring i did not feel that way at all in fact i felt like they ended this with a in such a way that you're being told like we're we're moving in the, into the next stage of this story so you know hold on to your you know hold on to your hats because here we go it didn't feel like it was a, a abrupt or a sudden uh it definitely felt like felt like a definitive ending to the middle of a story. And so I don't, I don't know if the second part is going to be equally as long as the first one, or if it's going to have a shorter running time. I, I, you know, I'm not looked too deeply into the production. I I do know that they have a production date of when the next one is being released, which will be next year, I think in May, I believe. So they might be going after that Memorial day weekend money, which I mean, they definitely did not need it. It it blew away expectations. It's it it's doing well both here and overseas. Um, I would be I I don't think it'll make Mario uh, Brothers money. I think uh, I don't think it has that kind of appeal. Mario Brothers is a much shorter runtime, and it is definitely geared towards families and children in, in a way 
in a hardcore way where this movie does not take both into account in the same way. It's like I said, this movie's longer. There's some, I'm sure word of mouth will continue to spread between, uh, various parents as they get together and they're like, Hey, should I take my kid to go see this? And some of them will say, well, you know, this is, this is going on in the movie and, and these are the things that are said in the movie. So it's up to you. Uh, on top of that, it, you know, there's a lot of flashing and violence and, uh, and then there's a couple of shocking moments in, in the movie, especially near the end where you are made to believe that something bad just happened to somebody's head. And then, you know, it, it doesn't happen, but there's things like that where I'm like, well, I, I, you know, I don't want my little ones to, to check that out just yet. I I don't want them even coming to the conclusion that this happened to a person, especially somebody that you, you know, are made to care about throughout the whole thing. So I think it's word of mouth like that, that will spread and cause people to, uh, pause on whether they're going to see it. So I don't think it's going to make a billion dollars the way that Mario did. I mean, Mario went a billion plus. It ended its run right underneath Frozen 2, which Frozen 2 had made 1.4 billion. Uh, Mario Brothers uh, ended up with 1.3, which is, I mean, she's Louise. That's incredible. So this this movie, if it if it makes 900 million, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And when you look at, 900 million versus the cost of the movie. You know, this movie, uh, was put, it was put out that it costs a hundred million to make. Let's say they did a hundred million more for marketing. You're looking at $200 million for a movie that ends up with 900 million. That is wildly successful movie. That's, you know, that's going to be a happy day for Sony once they end their run. Um, it does have some competition coming up. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm also, while I'm giving this review, it the movie's too new, so I don't really want to go in any kind of spoilers um, other than the two things that I said, which, you know, they're in the trailer, so they're not really spoilers. I don't really want to get into the meat and potatoes of, of the story because I, I prefer not to be the person that ruins it for you. I prefer you go watch it and then I think I, I would like to do a, a more in-depth like breakdown. I, and in fact, I want to see it again. So I, I definitely want to see it one more time before it leaves the theaters. I'd like to do an in-depth breakdown of my overall impression and, and what all the different threads, um, how they're being handled and, and um, where my plus and minus is in that regard. I, I was going to start getting into it, but I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, nah, I just kind of want to wait on that. But highly recommend it. Definitely five sombreros. I again, I'm still on the fence. I don't know if it's equal with the first or if it's just a little bit below it. Right now, I'm leaning just a little bit below it uh, for a couple different metrics. But man, visually, it is it is amazing, and I can't wait to see what the resolution is. It's, I it's going to be a really beautiful piece of art to own once you know the the trilogy is completed <clears throat> the boys uh lord and and miller the the guys that created this movie have stated that this is the end of their run with miles morales so as far as they're concerned they're done 
with Spider-Verse. That doesn't mean that Sony's done with it. You know, uh, obviously they can bring in another team and continue that art style. And there's, I think, many, many more stories to tell. In fact, I think they've really, uh, in my opinion, have barely scratched the surface of the things that they could do with this character. Um, oh, man, there's some really cool uh, little Easter eggs and some cameos that happened in this movie, too, that were uh, really fun to, to like stumble across. Uh, especially because I stayed away from all spoilers from this movie, so I didn't see anything that was uh, that was coming out. I saw the trailers, and then even then, I I stopped. So they'll do a trailer, a big trailer, then they'll do a second big trailer, and then they'll do a bunch of little TV spots. I really tried to stay away from all that. Stayed away from anybody's reviews. Stayed away from you know uh, all of that because I wanted to go in and and check it out. Um, I did what I was not interested in seeing in the theaters because I thought it was going to be, there's going to be a lot of, uh, I thought it was going to be overtly political. I think there was going to be a lot of politics to, you know, just spread out throughout the movie. Thankfully that was not the case. So that was another one of my favorite things about the movie is that, uh, what you saw in the trailer is what you get. The rest of the movie is just straight up story and the choices and decisions that are being made and how they're being expressed to you. It, <clears throat> It really, um, yeah, it, it, it's wonderful in the way that it was done. So I was happy to go in semi-cold and and basically not know most of what was going to happen. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, Disney continues to have, <laughs> switching gears a little bit, Disney continues just to have a rough time with uh, their outing into the movies. I... I've been predicting that uh, Little Mermaid is not going to hit 450 million, which is going to be a gigantic loss. It's not going to be as bad as Strange World, their uh, last animated movie that they put out. That one, which was shocking to me to find out that movie was made for 180 million, and I think it ended its run with 70, 70 million. I mean, that's a crazy loss for a Disney animated movie. And it's not the first time that it's happened to them, but it has been decades since it happened to them. You know, I they, they had a couple of um, non-performers many, many, many years ago. But right now, Disney's been taking it in the chin uh, with Little Mermaid not making its money back. At least that's my prediction that it's not... It's not it's not making any money overseas. All of the the bulk of the money that it's made has been here domestically. And there's not enough interest here to to take it, you know, to the top or, or to take it over the top. So even if it made three hundred million here, which is very unlikely, it would need to make another three hundred million overseas to even start to break even and i think currently it's sitting at 200 million and with the competition of spider-verse with the competition of uh transformers beast wars with the competition of their their own studio you know their separate studio pixar coming out with uh elemental which if that's not looking very good either for that movie that it looks like that movie is going to and and it makes sense 
you know, you, you look at the marketing for Elemental and you really don't understand what the movie is about. Is it about an interracial couple? Is it about two unlikely friends? You know, like what's the goal? What's the motivation? What are we supposed to take from this? What, what's being pushed? You know, uh, Pixar has always had a message from the very beginning. And the message was all, the messages were all very simple. Brotherly love, sisterly love, love between parents and, 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 uh, children, uh, you know, self-sacrifice, um, fear of the unknown and overcoming the fear of the unknown. Um, you know, and everything was, uh, of from an angle that was whimsical, the idea that toys come alive when humans aren't looking at them, uh, the idea that there are these monsters that exist in another dimension and they they depend their entire civilization depends on fear of human beings to keep their civilization running. There's so many cool, whimsical ideas that you know have come out of uh, Pixar. From from that to even the more, I would say, mundane, like cars, you know, these sentient uh, machines that have, uh, that pretty much operate their world the way that humans do, and they have the same kind of ups and downs that humans do, and it's all done through, you know, this, the view of a, of a car and a trailer tractor and an airplane, and all of these things incredibly relatable, uh, but at the same time with this cool twist and Pixar has been doing it forever. I mean, the, the themes are simple. The execution is complicated. And what I mean by that is on the surface, you know, you're looking at, uh, a guy who, you know, for example, in cars, you're looking at a, a hot shot that, uh, is, thinks he knows everything and he gets taught a little bit more from an old schooler. You know, you're also uh, looking at someone who is trying to be at the top of his game, you know? So there's a lot of like surface stuff that is universal that a lot of movies have played around with. And then when you drill down deeper, you've got these really cool messages about what it is to mature and to grow up and to, uh, self-sacrifice and to look at other people and consider other people before you consider yourself. Like Pixar has had this wonderful recipe for a long time. And I, and I think that was the magic, uh, you know, the, the magic recipe of Pixar is let's take a look at the everyday world and let's mine from the everyday world and let's overlay the whimsical and then let's give this multi-layered story slash message that can be enjoyed by parents. It can be enjoyed by children. It's a beautiful thing. And then on top of that, we're going to maintain the hero's journey. We're going to make sure that there is a villain, you know, an antagonist. We're going to make sure that, uh, children and adults have people to root for. And I think at the end of the day, that's just the essence of storytelling. And those are the things that we're missing out on in society. Uh, one of the things that 
and 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 again, broken record here. I'll you know talk about it until I don't do a podcast anymore. But one of the things that has bothered me for a long time is the people that have opinions online on social media. You know, they're they're so ready to run in and call and label something. Oh, this is just that. You know, this is woke or this is uh, liberal or this is uber conservative or this is blah blah blah, whatever. You know, when it comes to media, when it comes to stories, um, I, I think that oversimplification is the thing that makes people look like idiots a lot of the time when they're judging art, you know, art is subjective on one hand, but there are also these, there's a formula to art and I guess that's what I want to get into right now. That's what I, I think, um, I've explained a little bit of the, or I've, I've put this idea out online, uh, online a couple of times, but art is subjective a hundred percent. I draw something, you draw something, um, you know, and we present it to a group of people and maybe some people gravitate towards my thing and they say, that's really, you know, that's better than this person's and vice versa. And it goes both ways. And that's, the subjective aspect of art, you know, everybody has a different frequency and, and a different taste on, on the things that they like. What's not subjective is the formula for any given thing. So where it leaves subjectivism is you take me who does not know how to play a single chord meaning I can, I can strum a a guitar. I don't know how to manipulate the chords to bring out pleasing sounds from the guitar. So you give me a guitar and you give Slash from Guns N' Roses a guitar and we both play something for you. You will objectively point towards Slash and say, well, that is the better thing right there. This person doesn't know what he's doing, meaning me. You will say, I mean, his fingers and his hand can work to make a sound, but the sound is disgusting. While this guy over here, all of his years of experience, his knowledge, his ability to, um, uh, to improvise his creativity will give you something that, you know, is, is very pleasing. So in that regard in society, you can criticize things. You can critique things. You can look at something and go, that is not as good as this other thing. You know, this director is a better director than that director. This artist is a better artist than that artist. And you're going to say, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Art is subjective. Yes, your taste, your personal taste is subjective. 100%. Look, don't look him up if... uh, but I'm going to put this out there. Look him up. Don't look him up. Don't look up any images. I will say that. Let me, my dear listener, let me, um, warn you. Okay. There is a, a musician named, uh, Gigi Allen. Artist. Yes. Disgusting. Definitely. There he's part of this movement of, uh, of, art that uh started to come out that was chaotic it was chaos art it was 
art that refused to fall in line with the recipe. And, you know, at some point, uh, there's this type of rigidity that, that begins to form out of the foundations of a thing. So you learn how to draw, you're in school, you're an artist in school and you're learning to draw. And maybe what ends up happening is the program that you're involved in, the people that are running the program have a, have a very vested egotistical interest in trying to push you into their style and learning their style. And then they become so rigid that they say, this is the only way this is art. Well, that's not true. What is true is that the people that are teaching you learn from people who, you know, who, who, who learned from other people who learn, it just keeps going down the line that at some point, somebody figured out the proper method, the proper recipe of what it takes to, you know, uh, construct a head, to construct a body, to construct, uh, flowers, to be able to, you know, and animals and to be able to, uh, lay down colors in such a way that your eye is able to differentiate between the different things that are being, uh, put on the canvas. So that, that recipe is immutable there. It, it needs to exist in order for, uh, you know, your brain to make sense of what it is that's being shown to you. Um, and then after that, it just becomes a, a skill level issue and it becomes a, a taste issue. So I draw you a flower and then somebody who's been drawing flowers for 20 years draws you a flower and that person is going to give you a better looking, more accurate flower. Or it may be not even, let's say it's not even accurate to, uh, to what a flower looks like in the world, but that person has so like 20 years of of information stored in, in their brain about what makes a flower look so pleasing that they can generate, uh, uh, like an alien flower that still has enough of, of the markers of a real flower to get your brain to go, wow, that's, that's beautiful. You know, so you have rigidity and there's a movement, you know, that I think happened in, in the fifties, started in the fifties, moving into the sixties and into the seventies to reject this rigidity because that rigidity uh, rightly kept a lot of people out. And I think at the end of the day, this is a thing that we've seen, uh, what's coming to fruition in our day and age is all of the ugliness that you see, the, the lack of of beauty and, and creativity in many of the things that exist in the world, whether it's music or, you know, another thing, pop music, pop music has a very similar, like, you know, just, uh, I, one of my coworkers has been, uh, periodically he'll tell me, oh, that's a three beat. That's a four beat. And like a, you know, you'll hear songs that have the same kind of general foundation, um, it, those things become popular for a reason. They hit your brain in a certain way and you're like, oh yeah, I, li I like this. And I want to, you know, I, I don't mind hearing more of this kind of repetitiveness, but there is something that is lost in the aspect of creativity. Well, that can, that exists in everything, right? You, 
you can go to a restaurant that will always serve you the same thing the same way every single time. That can be pleasing, but it's equally pleasing if you go to a restaurant that puts a little twist on something and gives you something that you thought you knew. And now it, there's a, a more explosive flavor or taste to it that you've never experienced along with that thing. And now, you know, it opens up a whole new world of enjoyment for you. That's the way that art is supposed to go. Art is supposed to have a foundation where everybody that is doing it ha has learned that foundation and then they're able to bring creativity and spontaneity to that art. They can bend and twist it and stretch it and shrink it, you know, in a way where that person makes that art their own. They take ownership of it. And now what you're seeing is you're seeing a lifetime of skill. You're seeing the recipe and overlaid on top of that is that person's individual vision and the way that they interpret things and, and the way that they would like to bring that art to, you know, people. And then it hits a, a certain frequency for a certain group of people. And that's how you gain followers and fans and, you know, whatever else. Um, there was a, a, a breaking of that in society where you had a movement of people who said, well, I don't want to learn the recipe. I don't want to fall in, in those norms. And what happened is everybody who was a teacher forgot to tell those people, no, 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 no. Come learn the foundational stuff. And then please express yourself and go off and do the thing that you want to do. And I think some of that happened because people couldn't, uh, they, they, they didn't have the, the discipline and the self-control to take the time that was needed to develop that skill. So then they could go ahead and break it, you know, moving forward and manipulate it in the way that they would want to express it. Um, you know, a, a generation of people, you know, who were neglected and who were, you know, like latchkey kids like myself, you know, we, we got to this certain period of a generation where it, it was easier to do whatever you wanted. And that's always been the case with humans. And, you know, people just rejected, um, discipline and they rejected learning and they rejected, um, the foundations of what came before. And so that is what we're seeing now. And, and on top of that, or that, you know, that's the, uh, the, the outcome of, of what we're experiencing. And then on top of that, this, this massive subjectivism towards everything, you know, uh, uh, the mantra is, you know, there's a, uh, people, society, a small group in society has taken the libertarian idea and they try to overlay it with everything. Hey, everybody can do whatever they want to do. Anything is art, anything is blah, blah. Well, no, that's not, that's not true. That's not true. There are standards, there are foundations, there are rules that there are, uh, things that will, that will move uh, beauty and aesthetics along in the right direction. And then there are things that will, uh, you know, celebrate chaos and nihilism, uh, 
and ugliness and they'll call those things beautiful and um it's it's a real bummer and you know how do i how did i get from what i started to this i don't rightly know this is one of the you know i i I do this a lot where i rant but um it just got me to thinking about art you know i I look at something like spider-man you know across the spider-verse and that's art that is you may not like the art if you look at it you know the style style wise it might not be your style it might not be your thing but i'm telling you it is art it is beautiful time-consuming art that was made by people that are passionate and you know are creating something special and that's the way it is with rock and roll with classical music with country with rap like you may not like some of those genres, but there are artists from those things that are undeniable and your brain and your body, you know, it'll know it and, and you'll sense it. And, um, you know, there's so many things in society that we need right now. We need people to take a step back, people to chill a little bit, people to foster other people, people to, to really, I mean, for Christians, people need to start being more loving, not less loving. <laughs> you know, I fall into that trap myself where I, I want to like, just, you know, fire, like just flamethrower everybody in my path. And, uh, I, I need to remember, you know, the people that I have the toughest time with are the people that I need to love the most. And that old, you know, uh, cliche of killing with kindness is a hundred percent true. And I, I think more than anything else, it's, it's exactly what we need in society where we need to kill people with kindness who are, you know, on the opposite fence of us from a lot of things, a lot of points of views. We also need to uphold justice and we need to uphold, you know, rule of law um, you know, we, we need to reject things that are disgusting, you know, uh, you know, ma- manipulating children or abusing children, abusing women, manipulation of women, you know, uh, um, belittling of, of men and not, you know, uh, rege- you know, society's attempt to reject masculinity and femininity and, like those are the things that we need to fight against. Those are the things that we need to reject. But when it comes to individuals, you know, you, you need to be able to talk out ideas and concepts and and uh, need to be able to come to some kind of middle ground and conclusion, which I think for the average person, that is actually very doable. I think the average person can be reasoned with and talked you know, I, I work with a lot of people who actually, we have very different, uh, points of views and philosophies on life in general. And I could say with a hundred percent certainty that I have had very successful conversations with people and very respectful conversations with people where we didn't agree at the end of it, but we like, you know, not the whole of it, but we did come to some kind of middle ground conclusion of like, well, okay, I understand where you're 
coming from and you know you understand where i'm coming from and we will continue to see each other every day and respect one another and be kind to each other and not you know actively uh wish you know your demise you know <laughs> behind your back and um and that you know and i and i work with every kind of person and every kind of point of view uh here at disney and i gotta tell you it's not that hard it really isn't i mean it's much more difficult online and it's much more extreme online but in person i find that a lot of people are very reasonable and and you can have a pretty good conversation even getting into things that are sensitive or you know would be considered more difficult and a, a lot of that i think has to do with tone you know um so again just bringing it all back i'm I, this is not going to be one of my typical super long ones but uh just think about society and think about some of the things that are uh, currently hurting society i think it's the the lack of aesthetics the lack of beauty the lack of um leaning into that the foundation of um what it takes to to do those things you know whether it's um bettering yourself through working out and losing weight or bettering yourself through you know finally picking up that skill that you've always wanted to do. One of the things that I hear all the time from people is, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I can't draw a straight line or I can't draw a circle or I can't even draw a stick person. And I always try to encourage those people like, yeah, you can actually, you know, and they're like, no, I don't, I wasn't born with the gift. And I'm like, well, I wasn't born with the gift either. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Like, yeah, if you're saying I wasn't born, you know, six foot nine with, uh, uh, you know, where I develop my coordination and I'm, I'm able to, uh, stop on a dime and, and go around my opponent and shoot, you know, a three pointer. Yeah. I wasn't born with that. That's never going to happen. Like I, there's no way for me to develop that. I don't have the genetics for that, but, uh, that barring that, um, you know, can you, can you learn how to draw? Yes. Can you learn how to draw like, you know, Alex Ross or, you know, somebody, some incredible artist out there? Maybe. Who knows? Like you would not know until you put time and effort into it. So like now, starting now, no, you can't. But if you're 49 and you want to start drawing right now, and the only thing that's holding you back is you don't think you're going to be very good. Well, yeah, I'm here to tell you you're correct. At 49 years old, if you've never drawn before and you start drawing right now, you're not going to be very good. But at 59, you're going to be very good. Same thing with you pick up an instrument right now and you don't know how to play an instrument. Well, right now you're going to suck. But at 59, you're going to be very good. You know, and that we, some of the things that hold us back are, are we, we look at the time, you know, a timeline of things and we're like, well, I, you know, it's going to take me X amount of years to get good. Okay. Then it's going to take you X amount of years to get good. Like get moving, get started because you, you need every single day that you have in front of you to get good at it. It's the same thing with, 
uh, weight loss. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, getting healthy and working out and eating right. It's the same thing with whatever that thing is like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to go to Europe. Okay. Uh, start saving up now. Maybe you can go in 10 years, you know, like I just, we, people, some people have the long view in mind. Many people right now in society do not possess the long view. They defeat themselves right at the beginning before they even start, before they get to the start line. They're like, okay, I'm already done. I can't do this. It's going to take too long. It's impossible. Now, will your, your tastes and your likes and will all that change between now and 10 years from now? Sure. You know, but I don't know that your passions will. I think if you're really passionate and you feel a calling to something, I don't think that ever goes away. In fact, I think that's how regret exists in people is that there, there's like a few different types of regrets. There's regrets of something that you did that you should have never done, you know, hurting somebody in some way, um, some action that you can't call back. There's that kind of regret. And then there's the other regret where you feel like you were made for something or you should have done something and you never did it out of fear. That's the kind of regret you can always fix. That's the regret that you should, I mean, you should address both regrets if you can, but you know, depending on the situation of the first one, I don't know what that situation would be, but it's possible that you can't address it, but you can definitely address the second one. You can address it right now, this moment, this second. Well, while you're hearing me talk, you can stop this and get started on whatever the thing is that you'd like to add to your arsenal. You'd like to, uh, you know, have, uh, be a part of you. You can start that right now, whether it seems unrealistic or not, you know, and I definitely would always encourage everybody be realistic about the thing that you're going after. If you're 49 and you want to be Michael Jordan, but you're only five foot eight and you don't have, you know, you don't have a lifetime of those skills of the physical skills. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, bring it down a notch, like maybe join a, basketball league that is age appropriate, you know, in a league, you know, somewhere in your area and then be the Michael Jordan of that group, but not the actual NBA. But when it comes to perishable skills, drawing music, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of different perishable skills when it comes to those, like start now, pick it up now because you have no clue what it's going to look like for you in five years or three years or 10 years. And you're certainly not doing yourself any favors by stopping yourself before you ever get a chance to begin. So I guess that's where my rant is taking me where what I'm thinking about is, you know, there's a lot of people right now in society, a lot of people in social media that have this hunger and this yearning and, they feel unfulfilled and they lean into the ugly rather than, you know, allowing themselves the opportunity to believe that there is a way past that feeling into a more positive life 
that is actually hopeful and meaningful, uh, not just for them, but for the people around them and, uh, a place where art and creativity and conversations can be had where it benefits whatever your philosophy or your position is and will benefit the people on the other side of you. So yeah, with that, everybody, thanks again for uh, listening as you, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it immensely. Thank you for uh, sharing. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Uh, really what this is, is like a, <laughs> like a, uh, a session on the couch with a counselor, uh, just working out my own thoughts and my own points of views and feelings. And, you know, sometimes saying the wrong thing as I go through it. But in that way, I hope that I'm not alone and that, uh, I share that with the rest of you. So thank you guys. Once again, I love you. Uh, definitely go watch Spider-Verse and definitely go out and make something, start something. You know, be kind to that person that you don't want to be kind to. Like, uh, life's too short. So, you know, that that's another cliche, but it's so true. Like, time, boom, just passes by so fast. And let's try to live with as little regret as we possibly can. That That's my uh, motivation for this year and, and the next years to come is to really just try to finish the race the best that I can. And that's my encouragement and my hope for you as well. So with that, I'll leave you like I always do. Everybody, take your vitamins, drink your water, eat your vegetables. Love you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.